How beautiful is that? <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Last week, we had um, a, a new member orientation class where we introduced people who want to be members of the center into the inner workings of what it takes to run the center, and we added on some new members, and um, it was delightful to do that. And I'm reminded that during the years of the pandemic, we offered those membership classes online, and we picked up some people from all over the globe. Indeed, we had a member find us online and join us all the way from the United Kingdom. And he's here today visiting with us, right here in the front row, Rich. <laughs> Welcome, Rich, and please be sure to say hello to him. Overwhelm him with that love you heard Reverend Russ talk about this morning. As an introvert, I would be terrified by this <laughs> announcement. So I apologize in advance. The topic today is lights, action, camera. Which got me to think about the great legends of the movies. You know, those great movie stars that have gone on already, but left their stamp on the world. Like Gloria Swanson. Some of you might know who I'm talking about. <laughs> 1899 to 1983, who apparently said these words. Long before there was a Hollywood that made stars, there were stars who made Hollywood. Yeah, I've been trying that on for life. Even I applied it, I applied it even to our center, thinking long before there was a center for spiritual living, there were people with a passion in their hearts, with compassion and vision and creativity, who had the idea of creating a spiritual community in Sonoma County where people could learn to express their spiritual magnificence. And it took those people and the light within them to step forward onto the stage of life an act to bring something new into being, to create something different. And I'm sure glad they did some 65 years ago. And I'm just as glad that you are here today doing the same thing, stepping forward into the light and expressing something that for future generations will be a blessing. Now, this month, we're talking about that light within us. And by light, I mean the spiritual energy that is within us, that energy that is compassionate and clear and calm and accepting. It's that something within that is nurturing and, and connected and creative and confident. And I call it spirit within or the light within. And I know that when I am tuned into that light, that's when I, I become consciously synced with its nature. And then my words, when they come out of my mouth, they match its clarity. And then my actions, when I perform them, they match the energy of that spirit within. And I want more and more of that in my life. And I want it for you and the world too. Now, before I heard that Gloria Swanson quote, I didn't think about how um, stars created Hollywood because I had imagined it the other way, that Hollywood created the stars. And it got me to thinking about how many times in my life I let other people, organizations, things, events 
make me, create me, shape me, influence me. And now I'm, I'm starting to think of it the other way around. There is a light within me just as there is within you. A light within me that is creative. And when I tune my awareness into it within me, and I sink my mind and my body with its energy, that is when I can step out onto the stage of life and bring into the world that which is more like the energy of light within me. And that's when I cause more and more joy and connection and less and less trouble and harm. Another legendary actress, the American-Armenian actress Arlene Francis. Anybody remember her? Oh, my goodness. She, um, well, listen to what she said, these famous words. Life is the best party I've ever been invited to. I want to adopt that attitude permanently. <laughs> I want to accept life's invitation to the party and to live more soulfully and more connectedly and more fully. Now, Gloria Swanson, who I mentioned earlier, she seemed to have accepted that invitation to life, to live, because she behaved as if she believed anything was possible. She wasn't afraid to try new things. <laughs> Indeed, um, she risked easily. She, she got into moving pictures at age 14, and then she transitioned to the stage at 43. And then at 52, she changed, she pivoted and got into fashion. And then at 80, she painted her first ever painting, which became a stamp that commemorated the United Nations Decade for Women. She wasn't done. At 81, she published her memoirs. And, and I'm saying that, telling her story, because I'm hoping that today's message will awaken in me and in you the desire to accept life's invitation to the party and to live more soulfully and more creatively and more deeply, no matter what age and no matter what is going on. Because isn't it the case that things are always going on? Things that have the potential to block us and stop us and hold us back and irritate and confuse us. They're always going on. There's always something. Another legend, Spencer Tracy, 1900 to 1967. Um, for example, he was so sick during the making of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner that he, he couldn't be insured. And they had to put his salary in escrow in the case that he didn't make it through the end of the filming and they had to hire somebody else. But he made it. Well, here's another little known, maybe you know, a legend, Peter Lorre, uh, 1904 to 1964. He was the Hungarian-American actor who acted in The Man Who Knew Too Much. These are great movies. He could speak three languages, Hungarian and German and French, but he couldn't speak English. But he wouldn't let that stop him. He learned the lines for his part phonetically. 
so he could get up and say things he might not have known what he was saying. How about that? But what about more recent times, like Tina Turner? Uh, made her transition on May 24th. Oh my God, a symbol of talent triumphing over adversity. Who, someone who prevailed despite physical abuse and recreated herself by ad- overcoming the adversity so that she could earn her freedom and inspire the world with, well, dance moves that in turn inspired everyone from Mick Jagger to Beyonce. Oh, my goodness. And, and what about Taylor Swift, who overcame a struggle with an eating disorder to claim her power, and she claimed further power by re-recording and remastering her previous hits to regain control of her artistic creations. Yeah. And also, you know, we can use our light not only to triumph personally, but also to help other people, to help them move through hardships. Like, oh, here's a good one, Margaret Hamilton. Yeah. 1902 to, actually not too long, 1980s, I think, she passed away. She was um, the Wicked Witch of the West in uh, The Wizard of Oz. She was also a kindergarten teacher, and she used her fame extensively to benefit animals and children, and she was known for having a lifelong passion for public education. Clark Gable. 1901 to 1960, known as the King of Hollywood, co-star of Gun with the Wind, when he discovered that the bathrooms on the film set were segregated white and colored, he used his position and his celebrity to put his foot down and demand that the set be desegregated. Yeah. I love learning about people who accept life's invitation to the party and thrive in the presence of hardships. Because, you know, hardships come in all shapes and sizes, from difficult relationship communications breakdowns, to unplanned changes in employment or resources, to unexpected misfortunes. And hardships happen to everyone. Famous or not famous, spiritual or not spiritual. And they can be complex. They can have their roots in unjust social structures that are beyond a person's ability to control. Or they can be the ordinary accumulation of life's inconveniences that get heavier and heavier and weigh a person down to the point of wanting to give up. And getting through adversity, well, it's not always a simple case of giving yourself a pep talk or saying an affirmation. It is true, however, that when I am tuned into that compassionate place within, the seat 
of peace within, the clear center within, it is the case that that is when my words and my actions become clarified and matched to its energy. And that is when I am more able to move through the hardships of life with more dignity and more clarity of mind and more courage. Tuning into the self within me, that is one of the ways that I can accept life's invitation to the party. And that's why I love the Center for Spiritual Living. Because it's at the Center for Spiritual Living that I learned these practices that help me to keep refocusing my mind on that light within with regularity. Practices that calm my mind and regulate my emotions, you know, such as journaling and art practices, sitting, walking in nature, reading, listening to audiobooks, contemplating, prayer. And these tools have really helped me get through spiritually desolate times. I remember such a time, one in particular in my youth, a very dark time for me. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't know if I was going to be making it through to the other side. It felt that dangerous. And my mind just was swinging as if by a force all of its own towards obsessively swinging towards worst case scenarios over and over again. I was new to this teaching and I had read that by refocusing my mind on that presence within, I could carve out some space for the light to re-emerge, to come shining through. And I had learned in classes that repetition plus emotion plus imagination is a recipe for new creation. And because I had no other hope and no other option, I threw myself into the practice with passion, the practice of silently, inwardly repeating statements of spiritual truth. And I remember very clearly that the world seemed so difficult for me at the time that I went to an Olympic-sized swimming pool in Los Angeles area, and I put the book of affirmations at the end of the pool, and I read one, and I swam to the other side, saying it over and over to myself so that the water could still the sound of the world and come back to the other side and look for the next one. I did it over and over and over again until I could feel the reemergence of that seat of compassion within me. And I also learned that there are times when we just can't get there by ourselves. I learned that if I can't get there by myself, if I can't do the work for myself, I can still get the support of the spiritual community. Like right here, through the after-service in-person prayer or the online Zoom prayer that is available I often urge people at the end of the service or when I meet them to use that service, to try it out, to take advantage of it. And typically when people finally do try it out, they'll come and say to me, oh my goodness, I can't, I don't understand why I waited so long to give myself that gift. And I ask them, why? 
And they say something like, well, it feels so supportive and so nourishing. It builds so much self-courage to have somebody sit with you and see you as the light that you are despite what is going on in your life. I love that. Because to me, that is exactly how spirit or the universal mind sees us. The universal power that creates already sees you and me as being innocent, worthy, unique, a star. Even when we forget that for ourselves, even when we wander from our true nature and travel to a distant land in consciousness, we talked about that just this past Wednesday evening at the 7 p.m. in-person service. We used the parable of the prodigal child. The child who wanders away and wastes their resources and gets all mixed up with the wrong crowd and does the wrong thing and probably using and losing their dignity and their hope with it and hits the lowest of the lowest. And then down in the dirt in consciousness, penniless, penniless and hopeless, they start to make the turn, the inclination to go home. It's the metaphor to return to the seat within. And that moment of turning, it, it represents for us that moment when maybe you've had it when you know it's time to return to wholeness. But maybe not yet believing that it's possible. That's still hopeful. And then according to the story, as they are getting home, turning towards home, the parent sees them in the words of the story, of the parable, sees them from afar. That phrase in the story is so important. The parent in the story is the wisdom center within. And seeing from afar means that the creative intelligence of the universe recognizes them and knows them, knows their innate, essential, true self, even from a distance. In other words, no matter how far we stray from our nature, it within us recognizes us, not because of our circumstances, not because of our triumphs, not because of our good luck or poor fortune, but because of the light that we share in common with it. I can see how we are the child in that story from time to time, perhaps starting off in life as a bright light, and then as we get older, Letting the Hollywoods of our life shape us. The circumstances of our world create us. Perhaps the disappointments and the challenges and through them getting to the point where we may have forgotten what lives inside. And for that reason, I believe, we may turn to places just like this Center for Spiritual Living to remember together to come back to our senses together and to accept life's invitation to the party anew and to be reminded that we are so much more than our circumstances because we carry within us something that is holy, precious, beautiful, 
When the master teacher, Jesus of Nazareth, was teaching his followers to do good works in the world, he said it like this in the King James Version, let your light so shine that it glorifies that which created you. Ah, I'm going to take that with me by asking myself, what am I going to do with this light today? Because what you and I do with that life, well, it's your delightful, surprising, unique gift to the world. And it might be as straightforward as surviving another day. And it might be as meaningful and and deep as raising a child all by yourself. Or it might be as poignant as caring for a parent. Or it might be as, well, it might be navigating a health challenge with dignity and courage. And it could be something that nobody will ever know about. Maybe something small or something large. But it will be you from the light within you. Nelson Mandela, in his 1994 inaugural speech, he quoted Marianne Williamson. Here's part of it. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of the light that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. This month, we are honoring the light that is within us, whether we experience it as large or small or on the path of reacquainting ourselves with it. We are turning to that spiritual energy within us, remembering its nature, calm, clear, compassionate, accepting, tuning into it through our practices so that it may indeed guide us and inspire us to accept life's invitation to the party and to thrive by being what we are created to be. I invite you to take a breath in with me. And to exhale, letting your eyes close if that feels appropriate (laughs) so that we can engage in a moment of spiritual practice. There is only one light that is the source of all that is. The spiritual energy that is creation, creator. That which is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow that from which all things come, the seat of peace, the seat of consciousness, the all that is, eternal, immortal, everywhere present, beyond words to describe, I am of that, as is each person in this room. I experience it today as being 
that spiritual energy within me, the self within me, and I recognize it in all who come into my atmosphere, physical or thought. Feeling this kinship, this spiritual kinship with all then, I realize that this journey that I am on is one of revealing wholeness. And so I declare in consciousness that I'm ready and willing and able to take a step into the light safely, securely, to reveal that which I did not create but which lives in me through my actions and my words, through my thoughts and my deeds. And I depend on that light of compassion within me to guide me into right words, right understanding, generous assumptions, kind-hearted thoughts. And in gratitude for this word spoken and this shift in awareness that is already taking place, I release this word into that aspect of the divine that we call the law by saying together, and so it is. <laughs> 